Metal Recall, episode 20. My name's Niall Hope, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Cascada. How you doing, bud? Doing good. Back at it. Absolutely. Um, well, you're in the hot seat this week, so uh, what are we listening to, and yes, why did you sir. choose it? <clears throat> we are diving into uh, Axioma Ethica Odini, the 11th studio album by the Norwegian um, extreme metal band Enslaved. And this is the second time we've actually discussed this album on the podcast because it was one of your top five of the last decade. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether you uh, were oh, re- yeah, remembered yeah. that. Yeah, good call. So interested to know whether any of your thoughts towards it have changed today. But um, And you, you mentioned this because I had a little listen to the episode on my way here today. Um mm-hmm. And you, you sort of talked about how you got into the band in the first place, but I was wondering if you wouldn't mind uh, giving us a little bit of a refresher. How did you how did you hear of them, and what sort of attracted you to the band? Yeah, it was. Um, it's one of these black metal bands that have has 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 quite the legacy. They've been around for 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 twenty plus years, and I think it was. The um, the gentleman from Banger TV that did the the metal documentaries, yep. um, the the evolution of metal, uh, taking it from a, a like an anthrop anthropological standpoint, like the history and the back meanings and evolutions of the different genres and subgenres. He he got to he's always wearing an enslaved T-shirt, and there's an episode where he talked about enslaved. And I just figured it was time to, to take a dive. And it was probably right about when this album came out that that was all happening. So I just, I picked up the, their latest album and this, this album converted me or it just, it, it completely turned me onto the band. Yeah. Um, and all their other albums are, you know, just as interesting and, and worth, worth a listen. But this was the one that, that did it for me. Cool. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they're a band that I've never really listened to before, to be honest. Before, um, well, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that's just just like the uh, when we talked about this on the on the top five of the the last decade, um, a band that I'd always known the name, like I'd seen the merch, rather like rather like yourself, but hadn't ever listened to it. Um, but I mean, because I'm such a newbie. Um, could you give us just a little bit of a, a background on the band or kind of what they're all about, really? Yeah, sure. So just kind of cherry-picking off the, the, the Wikipedia, Enslaves a Norwegian extreme metal band formed by uh, the two main members, Ivar Bjornsson and Groot Schelsen. Um, back in 1991, when they were only 13 and 17 years old, um, we kind of need uh, Simon yeah, on this I, one to, uh, to, help, us, to help, us pr- <laughs> help us pronounce some of these names. I, I'm almost, glad... sent, I almost sent him a text. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're handling those names. I'm going to keep keep uh, keep my attempts. Uh... Google. Google's very helpful. Uh, the band name was inspired by uh, another band called Immortal. Their demo track called Enslaved in Rot. Uh, they're currently based in Bergen, Norway. Many lineup changes, but... Bjornsson and Schelsen uh, are the only remaining original members. Um, 
The by 2004, the lineup was solidified with guitarist Arv quote Ice Dale, uh, drummer Kato Beckford, and keyboardist vocalist Herbrand Larsen. Uh, they've released 15 uh, again legacy here 15 full-length studio albums. They're signed to Nuclear Blast Records. Um, 15 is quite quite a, a return, isn't it? That's quite a body of work. Yeah, again, I figured that's why it was time for me to, 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 to get into these guys and see what they're all about. Um, Are you familiar with, like, have you listened to all 15? No. And I think even today I went back and listened to, to some of their earlier stuff, which was really more straightforward black metal, mm-hmm. uh, especially 91, 93, I mean, come on, before, before 2000. <clears throat> that's when... We can harken back to my, my days in college with my roommate exposing me to all this stuff. But um, I think it's probably why I figured we'd I'd, I'd bring a, a black metal album to the pod, even though a lot of people compare it to, I mean, even Enslaved themselves kind of, um, they don't denounce the black metal label, but they just, they prefer extreme metal. But they draw heavily on Viking, Viking culture, cultural and religious heritage from their home country of Norway for inspiration. Most of the band's lyrics relate to Norse, Norse mythology. Um, so yeah, they tr- began as a traditional black metal band, but they started to incorporate song structures that were unusual for the genre, resulting in a more progressive sound. You hear a lot of people calling them progressive metal. Um, a lot of the earlier songs were, were well over 10 minutes long. Um, elements of progressive rock, jazz, other other influences um, include, according to the band themselves, Pink Floyd, King mm-hmm. Crimson, Rush, and even Genesis. Yeah. Um, so, like I, I said, it's 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 always going to have a tinge of black metal to it. Uh, obviously, on the vocals, this guy is choking on glass. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I saw him live in Boston, and it was oh, right. it was. It sounded fantastic live. My only complaint was it was short. It was like 30 minutes and they were done. Well, that must have been like three songs yeah. <laughs> at most yeah, for, for these guys. For, for, for a band with 15 albums, they, they, their gig was for 30 minutes. <laughs> were, they, were they supporting somebody else when you saw them? No, they were the headliner. And they only did 30 minutes? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And, you know, very European, like, as they ended the set, they said, now we go to discotheque, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, The the influences are really, um, really interesting, aren't they? Because, you know, I've read the same, some of the same information that you just were talking about there. And when I read Pink Floyd, having listened to the album, I thought, actually... At first, it sounds weird, but actually, you Just can, you can on, hear yeah. it. And there's so much. Um, I mean, we'll get into this later, but there's so much going on in the album. You can see that they're drawing influences from all over the shop, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And um, you know, I wanted to ask you because you're much more well versed in the the black metal, extreme metal scene than I am. Are these guys quite unique in their approach? Like, I guess they're not, like you said, they don't classify themselves as black metal, but 
you know, from from my listen to this, you know, I, I haven't heard many bands that do things similar to them. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's one of the reasons I, I, I'm attracted to this band is I think, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't speak for the band, but if, if you go back to their catalog and slowly go through, I mean, they were there at the, 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 the advent of, of the, the black metal scene and craving just craving different sounds and, and extremities and and, and 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 every level, which is what black metal was doing, going from from death metal to black metal. And I think what they did was they were able to accomplish that early on in their albums, but like any artist or musician um, that thrives on change and challenging yourself, reinventing yourself, bringing new ideas to the table. Uh, this is just how they've naturally evolved, and it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think we say this it's, all the time, but always got respect for bands that want to keep pushing the envelope and, and trying new things and incorporating different influences and not just, you know, sticking with what they know for their entire career. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's like a template or cookie cutter template. There's there's certain elements of what pure Norwegian black metal was is or was supposed to be. And they just kind of, they just do what they want. And we'll get into it later, but um, we can, uh, we'll talk more about exactly what it is they do that's different, eccentric, fun, challenging, mm-hmm. uh I don't think it's easy listening, which I I enjoy in music. Yeah. Um. I mean, I like all kinds of sounds and music, but um, this 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 particular band, um, I wouldn't categorize as easy listening. A lot of a lot of transitions. Oh yeah. And initially they can seem jarring, but um, I mean just to just to really touch on it already. The the, tra- the transitions that this band does are amazing. They're jarring, but they they work. For 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 me, they just work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Lots of I, contrast. Yeah, that you know, I think that's an understatement. To be honest, for for at least this album. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting. Um, don't know if you sort of clocked this, uh, on their wiki page, but in in, twenty fourteen, um. Ivor Bjornsson, mm-hmm. one of the um, one of the founders, and someone else called Ina Selvik mm-hmm. of a another band called Wardruna. Yeah, I got this note. They're commissioned by the Norwegian yeah. government to create a musical piece in celebration of the 200th anniversary of the Norwegian Constitution. Pride of Norway. We're gonna have to ask Simon about this. Yeah. <laughs> who would have? Who would have? Can you imagine? Um, can you imagine the same thing happening in this country? No. <laughs> Let's let's celebrate yeah. the an anniversary of the Constitution by hiring black metal musicians. No, dude, they, they have like they have like award shows that showcase black metal bands with orchestras and like symphonic black metal is is yeah, it's it's part of the pride over there. Why not? Yeah, I think that's great. Um, so yeah, we are. The album that we're talking about is Axioma Ethica Odini. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it's their 11th album. 
Yep. Um, and released on September 27th, 2010. Um, and you know, I was wondering, because, of, you know, what's so compelling about this band, I think, and you mentioned this before in their, you know, what they're all about, is this um, interest in Norse mythology and that sort of Viking element. Totally. And what I wanted to ask you was, are you familiar with kind of the content or what this album is is all about? Um, I actually wasn't. Um, I always knew... I always knew that that was, I mean, it's reflected in their artwork, their album art. Um, I mean, they're obviously from Norway, and when it comes to black metal, most of them are going to champion the the old uh, Norwegian, you know, Christian versus pagan stories, uh, etc. And and I always knew that was going to be part of their element, but... um, I mean, I got the notes. You probably got the same notes. This album definitely uh, is reflecting um, a, a particular piece from an old Nor- Norse poem. Yeah. The uh, the Havamal, and I mean, there's without really knowing all the f- stories myself from 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 that mythology. I mean, it obviously goes back to to Odin. Yeah. Um, and the runes and the symbols and the ties to nature and you know trees and harvests seasons death life rebirth all that stuff um right, it's, so i don't know if you want to go into the notes yeah i think i think let's have a let's have a quick scan over it you just i mean full disclosure um i am not like what one of my notes was i think to fully understand this album might necessitate having uh, some sort of history lesson because yeah. there is, um, like you said, the the um, the foundation for what this album seems to be about is is based on that poem um, that you mentioned, which you know I've got in the notes here that you you've got the it can be translated into the ethics of Odin, which is quite interesting that it's yeah. actually about how to behave with yourself other people nature and, yeah. and and all that sort of stuff so yeah if you've got some of those notes feel feel free to sort of drop them in sure the um they said um according to ivar bjornson uh axioma <clears throat> uh, was basic latin for self-meaning self-evident truth um the whole process of natural universal truth scientific truth Contrasting to what Enslaved is doing, which is very much about man-made truth, starting point uh, would be that everything is going on inside our heads, mm-hmm. uh, quoted from Groot. He explained that the words Ethica Odini, uh, o- Odini are Latin translation of an Old Norse poem called the uh, Havenmal, the Ethics of Odin. Um, old Ethics... Quote, old ethics, old wisdom, old advice on how to interact oneself with nature and other human beings. The common spirituality, so to speak. It's kind of a fist in the face of monotheistic thinking. We feel that a lot of the old thoughts written down in that poem are very much translatable to modern day life in 2010. And we have lost a lot of that type of reasonable thinking along the way through enduring centuries of monotheism. So... 
very black metal taking yeah. a stab at monotheisms <laughs> yeah i mean the uh question for you do the you lyrics th- the lyrics give when we get into the lyrics the lyrics give way to a lot more of the symbolism i think yeah i think so and i i had a quick um little look at that poem it, not in great detail and actually one of the things that i'd quite like to do is take another run at this album sure after having thoroughly investigated this poem because i don't i mean i don't know what do you think about this do you think that you need is part of the enjoyment of this album knowing this story or does it not really matter really no that's a good question um and for me i can it's safe it's safe to it's it's safe to say no because i didn't know the actual story or content behind it until today (laughs) yeah no i mean i mean i just for me for me it was sonically and and i think it's just par for the course when it comes to metal um but it's also in other words it's par for the course in metal because you you don't always understand the lyrics depending on the vocal stylings um you know that's we all know usually that's the right style and sound that should go with that kind of instrumentation yeah but part of the fun of this podcast is is being able to take the deep dive and read the lyrics to you know an album i've always loved and decided to review or a new album that you bring to the table or somebody else and it's just part of this it's part of this the fun of this this journey of doing the pod so yeah the lyrics reflect the, the, the norse mythology for sure yeah but not necessary I mean, without giving too much away, because we'll obviously talk about our thoughts on the album in a bit. But I mean, it really, just sonically, the album takes you on such a journey. Yeah. Like, loads of twists and turns throughout. It feels almost like the soundtrack to, to something. And yes. I almost wish that, like, it kind of came with, like, a series of music videos that told the story and you kind of watched it. And Yeah. Um, so I don't think... I, I agree with you. I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's necessary for you to fully understand everything that's being said and being, being sung about. But I do think researching the poem, reading the poem, understanding it, and then get, giving the second listen could be really interesting. So that's kind of what I'd like to do because it... Oh, dude! Yeah, I don't fully understand everything that's going on. Especially, especially with, when you hear some of the actual, when you when you discover what they're actually saying on some of the like refrains and choruses, like the cadence, just complements the the, the the sound so much. Oh yeah, one thing I thought was quite interesting is that um, it seems that originally the album was supposed to be called Axioma. And then, um, right. That's and what then they said. Ethica Odini was going to be almost the subtext. Like the subtext. Yeah. And um, the artist that they commissioned, of, of who we'll talk about in a bit, um, just painted the ro- the words in a row. Yep. Which is interesting for two two reasons. Number one, um, that slight, you know, misunderstanding the brief, shall yeah. we say. <laughs> And they just they just liked it, yeah. and, and felt it looked better. But also, um, you know, don't know whether to take this literally, but you know, uh, you know, both me, both 
both me and you, we work in um, in in graphic arts, yeah. kind of commercial sort of stuff, and um, the fact that he's actually they've commissioned him to paint the the whole piece, including the typography, is um, yeah, is just interesting, isn't it? You know, yeah, I'm um, a fan. So that that's cool. That's a bit of the background on the album. Um, I'm not going to go hugely into detail on the reviews, but um, you know, safe to say that the reception was very positive. Um, I've got just a couple of, of things. Uh, Decibel magazine, nine mm-hmm. out of ten. Metal Hammer, seven out of seven. Um, Sputnik Music described it as a masterpiece, perfect score. Yep. Um, and just uh, there's a there's a really good really good quote here. Um, let me just grab it for a second. Um, this is from the Sput- Sputnik Music one. Um, yeah, that was the best review. <laughs> it is truly astounding the way Enslaved continue to find new ways of combining their downright primeval and uh, bestial, bestial, bestial. I think minimalist. it's supposed to be bestial. Yeah. Minimalist metal framework with heavenly leads and progressive flourishes without ever faltering. And yeah. I mean that kind of goes back to uh, to what you said. Yeah. Like you know the the things that they're meshing together is um, you know it's, it's ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but it it uh, it works really nicely. So yeah, they um, seems like for the majority of people this was a, a bit of a home run. Including yourself, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so, Axioma Ethica Odini, as we mentioned, came out in 2010. I've got a little rundown for us, what was going on that year. Um, we've actually gone over this fairly recently um, with uh, our good friend Mitch on... Um, our Bring Me the Horizon episode. So that was the last time we've gone back here. So There's some years. There's something about certain years. Yeah, because uh, actually, I think within our first 10 episodes, I think you chose three albums from 2011. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and obviously, we've uh, we've briefly touched on this, um, on this band, on this album before. Um, so just some some unfortunate news this year unfortunate events that happened uh three significant deaths in the metal world peter Steele from typo negative hmm. ronnie james <clears throat> dio and paul gray the bassist from slipknot yeah. all all passed away this year unfortunately um on a slightly more positive note as i was reading down the events something uh came to me that um i was actually fortunate enough to see was uh ACDC headline in uh, Download Festival in Donington um, and that was during a period of time when I was kind of going to download I think you were there uh, yeah when went three years running and oh, um, shit. I think I think I went the year after this and then it just it was one of those unfortunate times where it rained so badly and I was like I might I might be done for a little bit did the show um, go on yeah, well, we postponed Every- for a little bit. But okay. Then, then I saw, um, went into this horrendously muddy tent to watch Suicidal Tendencies, <laughs> and it was it was really good. But yeah, yeah. it it that's a bit rough. But anyway, it was ACDC headline. Get a load of this. Um, Rage Against the Machine. 
Nice. It was just, just after they reformed. Right, Ireland. that show. And yeah. Aerosmith as well. So quite a... Fucking hell. Quite a, um, a bill that... Yeah, on a side note, my, ra- my Rage Against the Machine concert at Madison Square Garden of August last year, mm-hmm. uh, when COVID hit, they rescheduled it to August of this year. I just got an email notification that they rescheduled it to 2022. <laughs> well, they're going to be up there with canes. Yeah, but let's. <laughs> I'm going to be wheeling up in a wheelchair. <laughs> It'll still be worth it. Let's keep our fingers crossed. That, oh, my uh, God. One, one other little bit of news which uh, from this year, which is more significant for me than it was for you, no doubt. But um, this was the year when the big four of Thrash got together and played their series of right. um, concerts. So obviously Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer. They released a DVD as well, which I got, which is pretty good, pretty cool. Um, but albums released, I'll, I'll give a little rundown. Um, Apologies if I miss anything off that that you would want to uh, bring up. So feel free to to jump in and. Nah, we've done me. this year before. Go for it. It's also one of those Wikipedia documents, like you know, you go back to a certain year, then they've just got a nice list. But then, yeah. like as as more information has been covered, like, it's a it's a hell of a list. So these are just some ones that jump out to me. Rob Zombie released Hellbilly Deluxe Two. Yep. Um, Got um, Deftones, Diamond Eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Exodus released Exhibit B, The Human Condition. Mm-hmm. Propane released Absolute Power. Dillinger Escape Plan, Alcest, French, so- French Black Metal, Dark Throne. Um- Soulfly released Omen. Mm-hmm. Soilwork released yeah. The Panic Broadcast. It's a pretty good album. Beneath the Sky. There's a Corn album, Corn Three. Remember who you are. Uh huh. Um, wasn't as familiar with that one. I think that was after the times that I'd uh, been checking out their music. Black Label Society. Waitane. I don't know. Black. Another black metal album, but they were big. They're on heavy rotation at, at at the Duff's bar. Yeah. And they would always hang out there. Waitane, Lawless, Darkness. Not as Hi- familiar with those guys. Highly recommend that album. A um, little bit of uh, rockabilly meets heavy metal with uh, Volbeat, Beyond Hell, Above oh, yeah. Heaven. Um, they had a, quite a few of the, their albums. I thought they were really good. Obviously, Bring Me the Horizon released There Is a Hell, Believe Me, I've Seen It. There yep. Is a Heaven, Let's Keep It a Secret. Um, and the last one that I had on my list was actually, I think I mentioned this to you before, but uh, the sort of super group, if you like, The Damned Things, that was... Uh, Members of Anthrax, uh, Fallout Boy, I think, and um, Every Time I Die. Okay. Uh, they released uh, Ironic Last, uh, which was actually a really good album. So if you haven't heard that, I'd um, thoroughly recommend that you check it out. Before we get into our thoughts, let's um, take a little look at the album artwork. Yeah. So I kind of briefly mentioned this before, but it was painted, was commissioned and painted by a Norwegian painter called uh, Truls Espedal. Mm-hmm. He's apparently created all their artwork since Monumention, I think that was at the 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, but this is quite an interesting piece. I'm going to uh, kick it over to you uh, first for sort of your thoughts. Yeah, um... 
I don't know if you did any um, any deep dive online, but what what I discovered is that it's actually two paintings. <clears throat> There's so it's a circle, and inside the the red circle is a gentleman that's bald. Yeah. Looks like part of his head's kind of cracking and coming apart. Yeah. You can't see it on the album cover, but in the original painting, he's 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 wiping something red on, like blood or something, red paint on his shoulder. Interesting. But um, I don't know. I could just be interpreting this based off of 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 my own research, but the I don't know if the circle ties back to like the Norse circle of life the tree element I, I i looked up a bunch of artwork based off of that poem and it involved like circular elements um i re- i honestly don't know how to interpret it it's just it's just it's like i said it's two paintings turned into one so you've got the the guy with his head there's a there's like a highlight on his head bits of his head are kind of coming apart and dissipating it's not like it's not like he got shot or it's exploding but it's just kind of i kind of wondered whether you know just going back to what they were you know they're saying about the the concept for the album in a way where they said axioma meaning self-evident truth and there's, there's a line that said you know the starting point would be that everything is going on inside our heads. So yeah. I, I wondered whether that was significant for the um, the painting itself. Interesting what you just found, that it's comprised of two paintings. Now, were they both commissioned for this? Or is it one that was already existing and they were like, we, you know, we quite like that and we want to put a spin on it. Um, but, you know, I... Rather like yourself, I'm not entirely sure how to interpret this, but it kind of feels kind of self-reflective or... And the track listings are hand-painted in a circle as well on the inside sleeve. That's really cool. So I think, I mean, for me personally, I guess I, I have no idea what, what it means. Uh, I think you're probably pretty warm on the idea that, you know, at the end of the day, everything's taking place in our own heads. So there's something obviously with this guy's head and I think now that I see the two bits overlaid everything outside that red circle is just kind of screaming in there's like a lot of like almost like shards and lines going towards towards him and I think that red indicates the red to me would indicate the barrier the 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 Norse religion is is like a, a guard a guardianship like a barrier yeah um and there's also like if this is based on the the poem, the Ethics of Odin, yeah. Then it's it it rather sounds like almost like a a guide, a personal guide for yeah. how, how to be. So there's yeah. you know part of this cover sort of feels like like a focus yes. on yourself, on your head, and you know. So I think that's maybe. Maybe we're completely off, but, you know, that's part of the fun. Like, yeah. just seeing how we interpret it. Get your, get your mind right. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I dig it, to be honest, mate. I think it's really quite dynamic. And I, what, I, what I just really, really quite like is just from a totally technical aspect is just seeing, like, the thickness of the paint and all yeah. of the texture. And you just, 
you can really appreciate you know because that, that that takes some skill you know and oh he's uh, a he's a great fine artist did you did you look at his other paintings i haven't no oh they're great um i think the other thing is i mean you know the last the last album that we reviewed was uh was bolt thrower yeah the, the fourth crusade and that essentially was just taking an existing painting as 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 good or as um interesting as that is yeah man he's got some uh got some more of the red more of the red ink he's got a bunch of uh they're almost like photo real yeah it's he yeah photo realism birds i think there's even one with a magpie on it that's another great album that one's great so that's for their follow-up I can't, yeah. I can't pronounce how that's supposed to be. Uh, I don't. I don't either. We'll, but it's we'll, a good album. We'll spell it out. <laughs> Let, let's put it this way: if, if, if you even somewhat enjoyed this album, the next, every album after that, is worth, worth listening to. Awesome. Just, just from an artistic standpoint, it's very interesting to see, what they do because, there's, there's. There's consistent elements that make Enslaved who they are, but from this album on, that we're viewing now, from this album on, uh, I just can't say enough good things. Um, I'll say one one last thing on this before we sort of sure. give ratings, but um, as I mentioned before, you know, we, we did Bolt Thrower, yeah. Fourth Crusade, existing painting, <laughs> as interesting as it is, but just kind of bang that on the cover, yeah. bang the logo on top. This is more considered for me. I don't know whether it was commissioned or whether it was he does chosen. All the, yeah, I think he. I think from what I read, he's done all their album art yeah. f- since 2004. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, considering they have as many albums as they do, and he's he's done all the covers, I'd say, I think it's safe to say he's commissioned and paid to do these things. Yeah. Well, it's a great it's a great composition. Um, yeah. It's very well executed. Like yeah, I said, straightforward. Lovely sort of textural details. Understated with the the typography and the enslaved logo. Yep. As opposed to that, you know, the bolt thrower one. <laughs> but, Bejeweled. Exactly. Um, so I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, what What would you give this out of ten? Out of ten, I'd give it a um, eight. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go seven. Nice. You know, it, I think maybe missing a little bit of the symbolism, but I think we've kind of tried to uh, interpret it the way that we can. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's a pretty slick piece, all in all. Yeah, and I'm again, I'm willing to, I'm I'm always willing to relish in the mystery and the paradox, and not really ever knowing the full meanings of certain things. And I think that's reflected in their lyrics and obviously the painting so I think it's it's cool that it's open to interpretation for sure alright uh, let's take a, just a little quick break and then let's jump into our thoughts on the album alright alright mate well um, I mean, where do we begin with an album like this there is so much going on so much to talk about but I'll let you start and let us know yeah. your feelings. Yeah, I can just jump right in here. The the I think the album just kicks off from the beginning. If you if you if you went through some of the reviews, um, I can't remember which one, but somebody even 
said it themselves. Maybe there's a Sputnik review there. From the moment this album starts, it just kicks off with the. I know the word's abused, but it's an absolutely epic riff. Like, epic is one way to is, describe this album. It's just sure. epic as fuck. It's like, it's it's total Viking galloping horse. Like like yep. you are going into battle. You are. The journey has begun, and uh, I honestly think the first track is just a great opener. And for me, I, I can I can really sum up the the album pretty pretty easily. Not only is the opener fantastic, just grips you and pulls you in. Like I said, galloping, rhythmic. Uh, you're going on a journey. Um, but all the songs on this album have a similar dynamic structure, uh, shifting of light to dark, heavy to soft. Almost some of the some of the softer parts are almost like lullabies to me. Yeah, I I have never been able to say that about any other metal band except for Enslaved. Like some of the clean vocals are so, like practically like lullabies to me, and then. They somehow are able to shift into the nastiest, filthiest, uh, growling scream, growling vocals that are, you know, going back to the traditional black metal uh, vocal stylings. But I think they're able to do it because of the instrumentation, and that's where the Pink Floyd reference comes in. Because the I think they're switching time signatures, mm-hmm. but they're doing it in such a stylistic way that they kind of like, uh, what's the word? You just kind of fall into it, and yeah. it's not. It, upon first listen, it, upon first listen, it might be a little bit jarring, but as you get through the album, you realize they know exactly what they're doing, and it's purposeful. It's done with purpose, and. It's only jarring because of the contrast in the the sound sonically, both with riffs and vocals, but it somehow works. And they do that. That's their method for every song throughout this album. And for me, the opening track is a banger. It grips you, grabs you, gets you, kicks off, gets you started. The rest of the songs, uh, second, third, fourth songs, fifth songs, Decent to really good, but it's the second half of the album, Giants, Singular, Night Sight, and Lightning, that I think absolutely, in my own words, I think they crescendo. To go from Giants to Singular to Night Sight to Lightning. Night Sight might be a bit more of a pinnacle than than Lightning, but um, I just think those last four songs are absolute masterpieces where they pull off, I mean, they pull it off. They pull off what I described in all the songs, mm-hmm. but those last four just absolutely nail uh, slow drums, fast drums, chunky riffs, rith- different rhythms and melodies, lullabies to screaming. It's just, yeah. it's really all over the place. And for me, uh, another another overused term, dynamic range, but it's it's pure ear candy for me. And this album just just gets better in time. So for me, that's the best way to describe this album. Well, I mean, you've you've said loads of things there that I just want to unpick because um, they 
I think you summed it up really, really well. And, you know, the word, like, I felt like when I was, when I was taking notes for each of the tracks, I just kept on writing epic, epic, yeah, epic. Like It's soundtrack it, material, I yeah. think. I'm surprised they haven't scored a film. Well, no, I mean, that's... I would that's watch exactly, that film. <laughs> that's exactly it. You know, I, I, I said that before a little bit, and, and you just mentioned um, in your thoughts, it is like a journey. There is like this feeling that um, you are listening to some kind of soundtrack. And I think probably if you understand, if you understand the poem, you understand everything they're talking about, they're singing about, yeah. then you probably understand it a little bit more, which is why I remember when we did um, Xenobiotic. Yes. Xenobiotic, the, uh, the Prometheus album. There are, yeah. And and when we we kind of, when you when you know that mythology, you know that story, you can almost track the yes. progression through the album. I don't know whether the same would be true here, but like I just get this feeling when you listen to it that there are so many twists and turns. And this is like, more on the abstract yeah, I would imagine so. And and just to just to compare it to, to to somebody that is similar in the sense that they're Viking metal and it they they actually do amazing videos and it it is a fitting soundtrack is Amon Amarth. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're like the champions of, of Viking metal, but it's so literal and on the fucking nose with, you know yeah. the, 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 the leather wrist traps and the 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 it just it's like they wear it, it on their sleeve, don't they? It's atypical Viking. This is more. I think this is just more. What's the word? It's definitely abstract. It's definitely abstract, but they're just. I think they're better musicians. These guys are. They're 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 bringing other oh, yeah. genres to the table that you just never would think someone would infuse into metal. Yeah, absolutely. I there's. It's so layered and dense. Yeah, and textured, and when when I was listening to this, because you, you you'd kind of, I think your whole, um, your whole brief to yourself this time around was to try and give me something to, <laughs> to be challenged by, and this is definitely, you know, it's definitely you know, for my for my tastes, definitely a challenging listen. Yeah, but not in a bad sense. Not like yeah. I can't get through this. Just like. Even you know, for me, it is bal- balancing all that. It's not that easy aspect. listening, yeah. And um, you, I also wrote pretty much exactly what you said. Like one of the things that I thought you were going to really like about this album is that it's like and it really embraces the light side and the dark side. And it kind of comes through in what they're singing about, but also light side. That's but, the song. <laughs> but the and and the. I don't think I've ever heard as as, as like a as clear a contrast as, as clear of um, yeah uh, yeah you know that they've kind of taken that concept and just sonically perfectly sonically um, delivered yep on that and yep. and that night sight track um, I'll ask you in a bit like what your favorite is but I don't know if you remember that was the track that you picked out when we did the yeah the, the top five that's probably the most jarring track on the album yeah because the the transitions are so abrupt because yeah. it goes from something that's, that's the lullaby like, to... it's, it's like a folk it's like a folk song isn't it yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like 
there's a click and it just like absolutely kicks off. And now that I read the lyrics, I'm absolutely floored. Yeah. Not yeah. only, I mean, I'll just say it. It, it, it. it was my favorite song. It still is my favorite song. It's even more my favorite song after reading the lyrics because it's a testimony to, to a theme we've been, we've, we've brought up on multiple podcasts that, and it's just something I think that's great about metal and just my personal worldview and approach to life is that, um, what is it? Um, we're saying we have lost sight of the night side of the self. Yeah. In other words, and then they say night side is bliss. For he who dares to look into a world where you embrace the opposite. And, you know, whether that's yin and yin and yang, uh, positive vibes, negative vibes, life, death. Like, that's just part of fucking life, man. And yeah. if, if, you, if, you can, if you can go down, you know, if you can look into the abyss, as they say, if you can, if you can get in touch with your dark side, equally as, as, as important as your light side... I mean, for me personally, that's that's what makes me feel whole. Yeah, I, I think that's what we. But often, it's not. But it's not for everybody. <laughs> it's it's not. But it's it's often what we say is one of the reasons why we like metal and yeah. how how we can't necessarily. Like we, both of us can fully appreciate if somebody doesn't like metal. Sure. It's not like we're gonna say like, "Well, you're an idiot." Yeah. But. Their reasons for not liking it, often, some people, are, why would you want to listen to angry music? Yeah. And it's like, because it's um, it's an emotion that we all feel, and yeah. it's cathartic to listen to that kind of stuff. So That's the simplest answer. And I, I, you know, I like what you're saying there about that track, and it is so transparent, what they're singing about, how they execute it mu- sonically. You're right, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's a good show. It's really, really good. Um, I mean, you also mentioned... Uh, they took the idea and it's translated just sonically. Yeah. So- sonically uh, and, you know, lyrically. And the like the, the sheer scope um, of this album is, is ambitious. Yeah. You know, it's... Man, it's, it's, it's only nine tracks, but it's, it's just shy of an hour. Yeah. So this is like I was thinking about that too. Epic to like the nth degree. Um, one thing for me, because I was like, you know, when we 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 do these albums, we often like I hook on to the guitar parts being a guitar player. Like, yeah, there I, is. I, I, that's the other thing that's fun about this is I when I re-listen to these albums, I think about it from your perspective, like yeah. the guitar rhythms and melodies. I'm like, oh wow. They're doing some... They're all over the place. Yeah, there's um, there's some... Like that first track, Africa uh-huh. Odini, yeah. and that kicks off with that so like quintessentially Viking metal yeah. melody. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I would... There is so much good guitar work in this album, but it's not like a... It's not like a, a bolt thrower, like absolute riff fest. Like right. Have, it's... There's like the often the guitars are carrying so much of the melody, and not just like the heavy side of the the track. And I think Ethica Odini is like that's that that riff that goes throughout the majority of the song, 
it's it's not what I would describe as like a heavy riff. It's more thoughtful and purposeful. Exactly, and and it's it's just like the tone, the melody. It feels uplifting, whilst at the same time kind of feeling like kind of ominous yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I might as well just say it now. Like that's I think that's my my favorite track yeah. from the album. Um, sure. Like you said, I think it's such a good way to start the album, and. I like the dynamics in it. I like the, obviously, you know, it's quite hard with this with this album to sort of pinpoint how to speak about certain parts because I'm like, is that the verse? Is that the chorus? Like it's exactly it's, it's yeah. All over the, the formats, it's the a, shifting, really, the shifting of the format is yeah. And but on that on Ethica Rodini, you know they have I would say you know it's probably the chorus part where. He sings, you have the key to mystery. Yeah. Um, the shift in the dynamic between the sort of main riff and that, that chorus is really good. There's a, a lot of these tracks have super epic endings as well. Like Ethic Rodini has yeah. one. The, the second track, uh, Rido, has one as well. Um, and it, it yeah, it's, it's just a really, it's a really great... Um, scene setter for the album but beyond that I think I, I chose that as my favourite track because I can still hear that that melody in my head yeah. so it's like it, it's, it's probably the most catchy thing on the yeah. album beyond that it's quite hard to pinpoint a I actually found it quite hard to pinpoint a favourite track because I think this is one of those albums where the enjoyment Same. actually comes from the, the whole body the whole body of work yeah, and it's yeah. they, they don't really feel like they exist as standalone songs because it kind of whilst you know we said we're not fully clued into everything that's been you know the whole story it feels like you're on the journey the entire time no I agree um, I mean that you know that said there are parts throughout all the album that are like you know there's there's good riffs in in Rido, the second track, the sort of maybe the the main riff that sort of comes in, and then there's like the the sort of the drum stabs yeah. as as it kicks off. And just throughout the album, I think we should we should definitely touch on the vocals, the vocal yes. performance, choruses. Yeah, they're all like a men's choir. It's, there's so like, much going on yeah. here. It's like. It's it's a la carte and then yeah. it's like <laughs> there's uh, yeah. there's your vocals a la carte yeah <laughs> there's your favorite the uh, choking on grass uh, glass, glass yeah choking on grass yeah. choking on glass you choke on gla- grass um, yeah there is super clean yeah but there's different types of clean as well yeah you know there's I get I'm not I get real Opeth vibes. With yeah. with a lot of this, I think they're kind of of a similar. Yeah, they toured with Opeth. Um, but then there's and Junius, by the way. Well, actually, that's funny you said that because I I would I, have I, killed I, to see that show. Yeah, I I get real Junius vibes from some of the the harmonies, some yeah. of the melodies, and I think it's because they have that ominous. Almost, yeah, very ominous, almost monotone, drawn out. Yes. kind of. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's there's not much like up and down no. in the yeah. in the vocals. It kind of, but it just like 
droning. Yeah. Even, you know, the, the chorus to Ethical Rodini that we had, like, it just kind of feels like it, it drags. But then there's fucking sp- spoken word. There's yeah. Like, there's that like classic. Sometimes like, a spoken word, I, I caught spoken word going on in the background. Yeah. Like the uh, a- a- axiom, axioma. That's like a, almost like an interlude. It sounds like some alien shit. It's all like, you know, it's just weird. Uh, yeah. Like synth, weird synth digital sounds, and then it just turns into something else. I, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because obviously the it's, of the album. it's the shortest track on the album because it's it's kind of an interlude, kind of a, a right. an instrumental, if you like, but with spoken word over the top. Right. Or like you know a lot of it's indecipherable you know yeah. and I don't I don't feel like they're really requiring you to to hear it yeah but what's really intriguing is that it just it acts as like this really nice kind of breakup from the, the first four tracks are well the whole album epic heavy driving like at times quite punishing and yeah and, and that acts as like a really like bit of a palate cleanser in yeah. a way but yes. it, it's so atmospheric and it kind of builds on yeah. the, the feelings that you're having through the album um there's also kind of the, the spoken word i can't remember which track this is on but there is uh i've got it written down somewhere it might be the beacon uh-huh. yeah i think it is the um the track prior to Axioma, uh-huh. there's like, there's layering in vocals. So there's almost like, uh, like the the main melody, and then there's almost like other spoken word kind of happening around, and like yeah. it's so you can't pick it out. No, but it it's an interesting dynamic, and I'm on the on a couple of tracks at least, or at least on Ethical Odini, There's kind of. Um, what sounds again? I just say random screaming in the yeah. in the background. Yeah, like echoing. Yeah. 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 And then I I, I absolutely love the start to the third track, uh, Warun. I think. Yep. It pretty much sounds like it's just somebody sitting by a fire, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do that on a lot of their albums, dude. It just comes they out get, of like, nowhere. Like yeah, you can hear like fires crackling. Uh, like this is a little on the nose like like a like a like a ship a ship's hole creaking a wooden hole creaking um i mean we talk about it being epic and how they could easily do a soundtrack to a film but i'm gonna just rescind that comment i mean they could still do it but i feel like the music the music does that that's part of the powerful power the power of their music for me is that it if it's gonna be epic, if we're gonna use that word, it 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 transcends the sonic aspect, and it just it's up to you to interpret it, just like the cover art, you know, the painting, the music, and like you said, it takes you on a journey, and you know, I, this is you know this is an album that I'm that I'm that I'm not always listening to, but I can always come back to it and easily blow through it start to finish and enjoy the whole fucking thing um, uh, interesting point actually because I wanted to ask you like so there's 
so much good stuff going on this album but as with a lot of progressive metal mm-hmm. it's it's not a particularly accessible album like you're not going yeah. to this is not a like a daily I don't know how often you listen to this but you know for me I probably won't be having this on heavy rotation um, so like what kind of mood are you in when you're dropping this no that's a great question and uh, yeah I didn't even think about it but I, I've got a good analogy it's kind of like uh, it's like it's like when you go to a nice restaurant you don't always blow your budget on a nice steak night but when you do you're probably going to get dessert and the desserts are going to be just as rich and decadent as the yeah. the main course and so Enslaved is a band like that it's so rich it's so rich in, in, in flavor, it's so dense, and it's so dynamic, and it's challenging to your ears to process everything that's going on, and um, yeah, it's fucking metal, so it's intense. I think Enslaved, so enslaved this album, if you had like a, a, a food analogy. It's like a double fudge cake, like a molten lava cake with like... You know, yeah, but dark you, chocolate poured all over it and shit with whipped cream. But, but then you get to the middle and there's like a sandwich inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you like got a molten, yeah, molten lava. It's molten lava chocolate cake. And then you're like, I thought I was eating a cake, but now yeah. I've got a sandwich. But I kind of like it. <laughs> it just kind of works. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, no, no that, that, that's a real good analogy. It, um, it. I actually the first time. I mean, the majority of the time when we, you know, sit down to do this, the first time I've listened to albums, unless the first time I've listened to albums that you've suggested, is I have them on in the background when I'm working. Yeah. And actually, I thought this was actually a really good album to have on in the background. Yeah. Because it just like it. I'm gonna say that too. Goes with the flow, you know. It's like. um, Yeah. I felt like uh, all the, the sort of peaks and troughs just kind of. Like, I just, I feel like it's not meant to be detrimental to the album, but it's sometimes it's not really an album that you have to fully concentrate on. It just kind of works really well yeah. in the background too. It's dynamic enough. It's doing it for you. Um, and just to reference a different, a completely different album that we mentioned was like like Trap Them. Mm-hmm. That one. That's just pure raw sheer brutality, and I. I think I told you I binged that album for like a month. I don't think I can binge this album. I, no. I I definitely played it a lot, but I didn't binge it like back to back. Like like for Trap Them, it just was like like when we reviewed it, it's like holy fuck, what did I what did I just listen to? Start that over. Yeah. That that that's it's With, two different kinds of albums. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, you know that. Like I'm a huge Metallica fan. Yeah. Um, I think you know when you're a big fan of a band, you kind of have sometimes one album is your favorite, then the next month another one. But probably more times more times than than not, I would say that "And Justice for All" would be my favorite Metallica album. But it's it's also the most progressive. Yeah. And sort of challenging to get through. Which means it's probably the album that I might play the least, but it is still the album that I would probably 
say is my favorite yep and that's a lot down to the content and the progressive nature of the music but if i just kind of wanted to fix no that makes sense i, I might sort of yeah. put something else on no i think we're seeing the same thing yeah um just a uh, couple more things i just wanted to pick out i mean you said that the album crescendos really really well and i actually think that last track uh lightning is um is a really good one too. I think the intro, the intro melody, it almost feels like grunge. Like it's it's so <laughs> it's so interesting. But then they do everything that they they do on the rest of the arm with the, the dynamics. Um, I think it crescendos in quality. That's what I meant. I guess. Yeah. In other words, they're doing the same thing throughout the album, but what they're doing on the last four songs, although it's the same, they're doing it even better. Yeah. Like you said, they're really, I mean, again, going back to Night Sight, like they're sonically giving you yin and yang. Yeah. It's like Sweet Lullaby with just absolute hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the track that comes just prior to that as well, Singular. Yes, another has, good one. Um, has some, some of the best riffs on the album uh-huh. for me. Yeah. Um, especially just after the minute mark. I had a feeling you were going to like that one. But um, it also has... It's probably the jazziest track yeah. on the album. There's like some real like Yeah, it's like what are they how do they do that? There's some real hard how dare left, they? hard left turns, isn't there? And it's just like it starts to break down into like the And I think that's where, you know, it doesn't have to be your cup of tea to appreciate when it can be done successfully, you know? Yeah. Um uh Giants. I won't go through every single track here, but Super Black Sabbathy intro. I right? don't know if you caught that. It was, it was <laughs> screaming Black Sabbath. Yeah, it was just, it was just like the track Black meow, Sabbath. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, it was so good. Um, and uh, we, I mean, we talked about War Room before, uh-huh. but um, I just so love the let's let's call it the chorus for want of a better description. Uh-huh. But there's like the roar in the background of. of people shouting yeah i suppose war room yeah but, you know. and then war there's the, the sort of call and response when it sort of like the beat slightly shifts in dynamic and then uh-huh. you know there's that war rune in the background and then the the line drawn in the dust of the morning the violence of the soul yep it's cool man so good all right let's wrap it up i have a feeling that you i, I could maybe guess at your rating but um <laughs> Any I'll last, let you guess. Any last? Okay. Guess. Nine. Nine point five. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I I almost want to give it a ten, just because it it's it 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 broke my cherry getting into this band and it's it. But it can't. I don't know. I I think I I don't know if any of them are are perfect tens because they're all so good. And like I said, anything after this is just just as fun and worth getting into but this album has a special place so um yeah it's, nine nine point five you nailed it. it it's always yeah it's got to be something fucking special for a 10 not saying that this isn't but yeah. like i always feel like can you can you give something a 10 because there's always something to critique um and i think you know for me i'm going in at a 7.58 yeah. for this okay. um a lot of that is personal preference. Yeah. And some of that is 
you know, it's it's accessibility. It's it's a, it's a long album, despite the fact that it's only sort of nine tracks. And once you finish it, you can feel kind of a bit, yeah. a bit exhausted. Um, but I, I would say it's probably more down to personal preference because what I do get out of this album, like we said, is like just a full full experience. Like it's not just it's not just music. It's not just that's a good track. It's like yeah, a journey, an experience, um, and like I said before, just the appreciation for something this ambitious working so well and being being done well. So, I dare you and encourage you, at the same time, <laughs> personal preference, to listen to at least at least give the albums after this one one spin. Yeah, yeah, because you will. I, I dare say they. I don't know if I want to say they get better. They they just get they get they get better, but also more abstract at what they do on this album. Yeah. So if you, if 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 you're if you're interested in challenging your ears, based on what they're do, what they do on this album, they do the exact same thing, but it's never the same. It's it's still enslaved, but it's never. It's always like, oh, how yeah. do they how do they make that shift? Oh, that was a little jarring. Oh, you're you're always having those moments of like, and it's always it goes it goes back to the the light versus dark, the the the, the heavenly lullaby meeting the 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 distorted, distressed, growling. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm so interested to check out their follow-up to this which uh, again not gonna try and pronounce but no. it's r-i-i-t-i-i-r ritter oh yeah that's like, right. decent, decent i think of i think of that german candidate ritter sport oh yeah yeah that's decent um but the cover for that looks really cool too so i'm definitely interested to check that out but question for you yeah this album obviously left a mark on you and that's why you wanted to discuss it but is it your favorite by them? I don't know. I think I think it's a tie between this. It's a tie between this and uh, 2007's E. E. Interesting. Yeah, Storm. I mean, I'll play it after the, after we get off. But it's it, it's yeah. Even I think E E was the the album that I saw them on tour, um, and turned my brother onto them. Who, yeah, is he a fan? Yeah, nice. Um, so, you know, we normally uh, take a little look after after the album, like recent set lists. Oh, um, nice! You got that. And uh, yeah, and. Uh, more of the the overall um, last set list I could find tail end of last year December 21st 2020 um, they played uh, Festiviten yeah somewhere in Norway yeah <laughs> sorry Simon um, <laughs> and uh, they didn't actually play a single track from this album but when you have 15 albums uh, that's probably going to happen yeah fairly fairly frequently um 
songs that they've played in total, they only have one from this album in the top 20. Can you guess which one it is? Lightning. Nah. No? Ethica Rodini. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that sounds like a live song to me. Like, oh, yeah. They, sure. could just, they could for open sure. up with that and just get everyone hyped. Now, their most played track is called Issa. And like. that comes from the album of the same name which is actually when you look at the albums that they've released sorry when you look at albums that have been performed live the most or tracks from those albums that have been played the most yeah um their their first album sorry the top album that's featured live is uh rune okay 460 times according to setlist fm obviously probably yeah. more uh 460 times songs from that album have been played. Issa comes in at, at number two with 444, so not far behind. Axioma Ethica Odini, obviously uh-huh. the album that we've just uh, talked about, actually comes in at seventh. Huh, um, okay. So pretty much middle of the road, I guess, for yeah. um, for all of that. Uh, and the follow-up to that, uh, Rita, yep. um, comes in at third, 363. So... I'm interested to check out all of those top three actually and see see um see how I feel about those. Nice. Yeah, highly recommend it. Alright, bud. Let's wrap it up then. Um that was a really interesting one to uh to go through. So thanks yeah, for cheers. joining me again. Yeah, of course. And um to anyone listening, if you uh if you like what you're hearing, please remember to uh to rate the podcast, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there. Email us at metalrecallpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, stay tuned for the next one. All right. Till next time. Thanks.